0: Tonight we're dealing with subject material that is not new to most of you, yet it is always challenging. I would like to read Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 26. 26 is what's indicated in the bulletin, but verses 23 to 26. Watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Let's pray. Our Father in God, we thank you and, and just lift up your name as we've heard various testimonies tonight as we've had opportunity to seek, uh, speak and give a word to your grace and your love. And as we've even sung and talked about unmeasured grace, we just thank you for that. We thank you that where sin abounded, your grace did abound much more in our lives. And we are grateful for that. And again, thank you for the privilege and honor to have this opportunity to study the Word of God. And we do thank you, Father, that as you've left us here, you've not left us without guidance. You've not left us without your will to be known. And, Father, I pray and ask that you'd help us as we continue in our study of Proverbs to be able to learn practical wisdom that will help us in the application each and every day of our lives in honoring you. And so we thank you for this opportunity to be with the young people as they are meeting tonight. Bless abundantly there as well. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you've seen the bulletin, you notice that uh, what the topic is now in the book of Proverbs is making plans and the will of God, or God's will and making plans. Now, in even giving that title to it, I think it's a common challenge to all of us, even believers who have been believers for quite a while. And we talk about the fact that we want to know God's will for our life, whether that's regarding such things as uh, that are practical, such as a job, what job to take, uh, who I might marry, uh, housing, whether or not to live here, to live there, where to go, to school, all kinds of difficulties or decisions come our way in which we're involved in decisions as young people and older folks. And often it seems like as you even look to believers and you talk with them, that the will of God seems so elusive. It seems like uh, we talk about it, but it's like I, I have difficulty trying to determine it. And we wonder sometimes if it's something that's mystical, something that's just out there someplace and hopefully I'm gonna stumble across Uh, the will of God. Uh, It's a very common dilemma that we see and uh, some of the things that I just jotted down very quickly that I know I've run into and I've had experience in my own life and heard from others is such as the following. Uh, What do I do? Do I do just wait upon God to somehow uh, miraculously or if we're thinking uh, it's not miraculously but somehow wait so that he will reveal and open it to me and, and make it known. Others uh, have taken the approach or struggle with, do I just make plans and move ahead? And then when God shuts the door, that's obvious his will was not for me to go there. So if he doesn't shut the door or close the door, and you'd be surprised how many times I've heard that, then it's obviously God's will. Because I started down this path and God could have stopped me if he wanted me to. Uh, So is that how we determine it? Um, Then we have other situations not uncommon, whereas uh, it's faith. I just trust God, and I just walk, and somehow I bump into this wall, and I bump into that wall, and bump into this one, and that circumstance, and this one, and eventually God shows me his will. So it's not something that is really uncommon uh, for us to want to struggle with or talk about, and yet, I do think it's not really that complicated. And, and in saying that, it might sound oversimplification to you. So my plan tonight is with you, first of all, just to lay a little bit of groundwork, and not much, but a little bit from the New Testament. And then I really want to look at Proverbs so that you see how the Old Testament is teaching the same principles that we see in the New Testament. And the bottom line is this, that both are what God calls us to he calls us to make plans and he also calls us to rest upon him and walk by faith so let's look at a couple of foundational things and I'm going to make a couple of statements and summary statements and then after that we'll just look and see if that is not what Proverbs is teaching in a number of areas and then some practical things hopefully that we can learn from it but let's just look at a couple of quick texts in the New Testament go with me to the book of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 5. I think even from a practical point of view, I think it would be legitimate for us to ask ourselves if God really does have a plan for us and has his will, don't you think he would reveal it to us? Of course. Wouldn't you do that for your children? Wouldn't you do that uh, so that they would have some type of guidelines? Well, let me read the text first in Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning in verse 15, there's a conclusion there. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Isn't that what the book of Proverbs has been about? Right? Wisdom versus foolishness. Well, he tells us in the New Testament, after he's been talking about being imitators of God in chapter 5, for example, he says, walk as wise men, not as unwise Then he says, making the most of your time. Isn't that practical? I think it is. We're talking about dealing with our time that we have on earth. We don't know how long it is. Make the most of the time because the days are evil. Isn't that true? Yes, it is. He goes on. He says, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what he says. Understand it. Your time's short. You need to Be aware that it's evil times. You need to be aware of what's going on around you. I want you to walk wisely, not as unwise. So understand what it is. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine. Now we've seen this in another area of study when we were talking about alcohol. But do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the spirits. And let me just stop there. I believe there's some foundational things that I want to say to you right away. And we'll look at one other... New Testament text in just a moment. But if you look there in the book of Ephesians, number one, I think we can say that God has revealed some of his will to us. What is that? Well, for example, right there in verse 18, he says, Be filled with the Spirit. We are to be controlled by. We are not to be drunk with wine, but on the other side, when he says to be. Uh, know what the will of God is, he says be filled with the Spirit. We ought to be controlled by. God wants us to be led by that. If we were to look at some other New Testament passages that we are familiar with, we'd find out that he's given us the Word of God so that we can be mature, we can be perfect, we can walk with him the way God wants us to walk, and that the Word of God both encourages us and rebukes us. So. Number one, God has revealed in scripture some of what it is. Secondly, we can say again from these verses, verses I think 16 and 18, that God has given us the Holy Spirit. So number one, God's given us his word. Number two, God has given us his Holy Spirit. Why is that significant? Because he's given us the Holy Spirit that he might guide us. And he might lead us. And we'd find that elsewhere in scripture. That the Holy Spirit will lead. He will guide the believer. The Lord has not left us comfortless. So as a believer in Christ, number one, I have the word of God. And I just thought of another passage that I wasn't going to go to. but Well, let's turn to Colossians. Is it three? Let me get there. Yeah, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in deed uh, or word, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. There we are to let that word of God dwell in us richly. So we have the word of God. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit that God has given us, and those are two things that can help us in understanding and discerning God's word. The other text that I want you to turn to is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is not something that is mystic. In walking with God, it is not something that we just cannot discover or hopefully bump into a wall and then try to discover what he has for us. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to pick it up in verse 4, uh, verse 3, I'm sorry, verse 3, and take it down to, let's go about, uh, well, maybe verse 8, but let's, let's pick it up in verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now, if you're a believer, you're in Christ, and so we are talking about our walk with Christ, our daily sanctification, our walk. He says, this is the will of God for your sanctification. What is it? That you abstain from sexual immorality. Obviously, Pastor Dan. Verse 4, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel, uh, possess his own vessel in sanctification in honor not in lustful passion like the gentiles that's dealing with self-control who do not know God verse 6 and that no man transgress or defraud his brother that's practical this is the will of God that we don't get involved in sexual immorality that we control our spirit that we control our physical body we control are under control, that we don't take advantage, that we don't defraud a brother in uh, the matter because the Lord is the avenger in all things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warn you. Verse 7, for God has not called us uh, for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And again, that's just a portion, but what I'm trying to point out to you is several times in the scripture we have, this is the word of God, and this is the will of God for you. What is it? Well, it boils down to a couple of things. Number one, God has given us his word. We ought to know what that says. Secondly, he's given us the Holy Spirit. He will guide us. Thirdly, God has given us some other aspects that we find throughout scripture. What is that? He's given you a brain, what, where did that one come from? He expects you to think, he expects you to apply wisdom and not be foolish based on what is revealed. He expects us to think, he expects us to think of who God is, his character is, and what God's word says. God will also use the other practical things of life, what is that, experience. So that we can learn from it. We, just, we talked about a little bit of that in uh, Sunday morning Bible study this morning. How that the Old Testament, it tells us in the New Testament, was given for our example. So that we can learn. We do learn from experiences in our own life. From experiences other, in others. And another thing that I would suggest to you in understanding the will of God is this. That God gives us other people. Why? As advisors! In the school here we have what we call senior advisors for the senior class, but God has given advisors in all of our lives. People that we can go to. So what are we saying? Let me summarize it this way and see if this is not what is talked about and taught in the New Testament. I would say to you the concept in a very practical way uh, in knowing the will of God and understanding what God has for us, is to realize our time is limited here on earth. God has us here for a purpose. And number one, God expects us to follow what he has revealed. So whatever he has revealed, children obey your parents. Children honor your parents. Fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Fathers love your wives. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands. How to treat your neighbor. Whatever he has revealed, He expects us to follow. Secondly, God expects us to yield to the Spirit of God and walk by faith based upon the information that He's given us. Next, I do believe He expects us to depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. He will do that in accordance with His Word. And then fourth, the part that comes together is I do believe that God's word teaches and expects us to plan. What? He expects us to make plans. He expects us to make plans and then depend upon God to lead with sovereign intervention, circumstances, or others in our lives. And I think really for the believer, we could just stop right there tonight, really, that that is the simplicity of knowing God's will. It is not something mystic. And there will be, I remember it was so controversial when it came out. Some of you will remember it, and some of you probably read it. Uh, I've read the book a few times. It's been a few years since I have, though. But it was decision-making in the will of God. And it became a very controversial book, uh, because what it boiled down to, for example, even in the idea, talk about practicality, let's say it's a college, or let's say it's choosing a spouse, that what you come down to is you understand what God's will is by studying the word of God, then you make a decision. What? In other words, what, what do you do if, you have, uh, if you're a guy and you have two girls that you're interested in, and they're both, well, first of all, are they believers? God wants you to be with a believer. Yeah, they're both believers. Do they love the Lord? Yes. Uh, how, what's your feeling to it both? Well, I'm, I'm not sure which one, and does it make any difference? Well, you may not agree with me on this, but the bottom line is there is no restriction on either, one of you to, uh, on either one of them for you to marry. Because if they're in line with the will of God, now you just pray and you make a decision. When you're going to a school, it's the same way. You use every tool that God's given you, and then you make a decision and you move forward. One of the weaknesses in that book, I believe, Not to dwell on that book, but I remember was that it didn't talk too much about the Holy Spirit and his leading and guiding. But when you put all these factors together, you have to make decisions in life and you have to plan. Now go back to the book of Proverbs and let's see if God doesn't show us that that's what he brings together. He brings together his working in our life with the revelation of his word, plus us making plans, us thinking, us using our minds, us operating on the basis of what we do know and we move forward. Even in Proverbs chapter 4 where I opened up, what is it talking about? It's showing you God's revelation. You notice that he started. I went back to verse 23 for a purpose. He says, watch over your heart, be diligent. In other words, pay attention to what's inside first of all. Why? We know from the New Testament and the Old Testament that even sin, it starts in the heart. Hatred starts in the heart. Love starts in the heart. It all starts there. So he's saying, watch over and guide that. But then you know what he said? Notice what he says. Here are some specific guidelines. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. That is God's will. And if I were to take the time and compare it with the book of Ephesians, it would be very simple. Why? He would say, whenever you're speaking, make sure that your words are edifying and building up. Make sure your words fit the moment. Whatever that circumstance is, make sure that fits the moment and is really profitable. And don't use it in the wrong way. So he's giving you some guidance from his word. Okay, watch your speech. Watch where your eyes go, verse 25. And it's interesting, because the Lord knows everything that's going on. Watch in your path. And notice that he says it in verse 26. 26. Watch the path of your feet. How do I do that? In other words, there's planning that's involved there. Watch where you're going. Think about where you're going. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're saying and make sure it lines up with God. And your ways (coughs) will be established. That's what he says. It's a combination of knowing what God has said and then using our mind to watch and go turn with me to chapter 16 of the book of proverbs chapter 16 i want to read verses 1 through 9 the plans that's planning you know what what you, you know is this practical at all what about you know vacation do you make plans or do you just get in your car and drive I would hope that you'd make some plans. I would hope that you'd make plans as you plan to go to school. I would hope you'd do that. And then you look to the Lord. And in chapter 16, verse 1, the plans of the heart, they belong to man, but the answer ultimately of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 2, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the motives. He knows what's going on. So, what does He say? Don't worry about anything. No, watch verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your paths will be established. He will guide you. Commit it. You examine yourself, even regarding your own motives. What is, it, is it really honoring to the Lord? It's okay to make plans. But ultimately depend upon God. It's the same thing that we learn in the New Testament from James. There is nothing wrong with going into this city or that city to obtain. But his point through James, the book of James, was this. What we ought to say is, if God wills, I will do this or that. In other words, it's okay to make the plans. But then ultimately, we're depending upon God to bring it to pass, to guide it. Which means, as we make our plans, it should line up with what God has already revealed. It should line up with what he said, because if he knows he's told us to do something, and I know I've shared a number of circumstances with you, and I will be real general here tonight, purposely, but I have sat down in counseling with people, knowing the word of God, and actually sitting down and showing them the word of God, and have people say, well, I know that God says that there, but I also know that he's leading me here, which was just the opposite. He doesn't do that. He does not lead contrary to the word of God. If his word is in a certain direction, let's just take it with the tongue. But I just needed to lash out at them. I couldn't let them get away with what, really? That's not what God says. Well, let me give you another one. I know the scriptures say to honor your father and your mother, but you don't understand what my father and mother did to me when I was young. Well, I don't say that what they did was right. But you will never go to your grave with God's approval if you still don't honor them as your parents. Because that's what you're called to do. Not what they did, not how they treated you. And what I'm getting back to, and it, it, it's terrible some things that happen. But you don't understand, I have an employer that if they are so hard to work for. They're screaming at me, they're putting all this on. Wait a minute, have you read your New Testament? If you suffer godly, even from those who treat you poorly, praise the Lord, your testimony is a good one, First Peter you're still to do what's right under that circumstance. So I need to understand what God's will is by knowing what he says, and then I make plans, and I commit my way, and I go ahead. Look at verse three again, your plans will be established. He goes on, the Lord has made everything in its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he won't go unpunished. By loving kindness and truth, Uh, Iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps his way, uh, keeps away, excuse me, from evil. Now, watch verse 7. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. How does that happen? Because God's will is even with your enemy, you treat them the way God's word says, and you move forward. Verse 9, I'll jump down to verse 9. I have to cover verse 8 too. Better is a little with righteousness then great income with injustice. What about being fair on the job? What about earning money properly? What about cheating the government? What about cheating people? What about being paid under the table? That is not God's will for you at all. But planning and earning uh, a proper income? The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his paths. Now, that's a contrast, Pastor Dan. Obviously, it's just the opposite, right? Well, the point is, our mind plans. There's nothing wrong with having the plans, but God will guide the paths, and we need to depend. That's where James brings it together. Go to chapter 14 of Proverbs. Chapter 14. Say, I still don't see the planning. Chapter 14, verse 15. The naive believes everything, but a sensible man considers, he examines... He looks at, he thinks, he plans, his steps. Verse 16, a wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool, arrogant, and careless. You say, yeah, again, that's obviously dealing with evil. Well, again, it's path. I need to observe. I need to plan. And you will find throughout the book of Proverbs in a whole different area, for example, in the area of immorality, that that's what was specifically taught by Solomon to his son. Look. See that? See this situation? Avoid it, and God will bless. So I know what to avoid, I know what to follow, and God will guide. He will guide that. It's okay to make plans. In fact, we should. We should make plans, but ultimately depending upon God's sovereign grace to work through it. Anything else? Yes, I think there's other practical suggestions from the book of Proverbs. The second one I would give you, first one I'm trying to say is make plans. Examine a situation. But make sure that from what you can see, as you make those plans, you're depending upon God. Second would be, listen to advice. Go to others and listen to advice. That is how God works His direction and will in our lives. I'll give you just three out of Proverbs. Go with me to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no guidance, the people will fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. How many times has that been quoted out of context? But what does it say? It says, go for guidance. Seek guidance. It's good to have an abundance of counselors. There's wisdom in that. People without guidance, without direction, they're not going anywhere. Chapter 12, same book, verse 15. Chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Okay? But a wise man, what does he do? He listens to counsel. He listens to other people. He doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't just rest upon himself. Listen, young folks. God's given you your parents for a reason. Listen to their advice. God's given you teachers in school. Yeah, and I can't stand it. Yeah, no, for advice. Yeah, and God's given you older teens and that have been through some things and maybe your brothers and sisters have learned a few things. Are you kidding me? Maybe it's someone at work. You know, listen, fellow believers. Sometimes the world has more wisdom than we think. And sometimes that person at work has a little piece of information that can help you. And it's okay to listen to that. They may know something and have some experience in that situation. Listen to the advice of others. What are we saying? God's will gets worked out that way. By getting into the word, number one. By secondly, walking according to the will of God. How? By yielding to the spirit based upon the word. Third, make plans. Look at a situation, examine it. Make your plans. Also seek the advice of others. Seek counsel. Where was it? Chapter 12? We're going to go to chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 22. Without consultations, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. That's pretty straightforward. You say, how is that practical? Well, let's take an example about college, because we just had our college students come back. You're struggling with where to go to college. What do you do? My suggestion is, you number one, if you know the Lord, or even if you didn't know the Lord, you examine your situation. What is your interest? What do you like? What do you want to pursue? Okay, now line up some schools. Line up some schools. Visit them if you can. Get as much information. Talk to your parents. Talk to your school advisors. Talk to people who have been there. Normally, the tendency is, even in school, the practicality of it is, if a boyfriend or girlfriend go there, they want to go. Or oh, There's a run of it. If 17 kids went this year, next year 17 more want to go to the same school because that's the cool school. I'm going to tell you something. That cool school in five years will not be cool to anybody anymore. That's not the way to go. The way to go is go on counsel. The way to go is examine it. The way to go is to plan. Obviously, prayer. I haven't mentioned prayer. But it's prayer and seeking the Lord's advice. Guide me. He will lean upon our heart. There's also other ways to even learn. I'm only going to give you one illustration on this for time. But another way God will guide is if we learn by observation. We learn by observation. The Lord gave the ant as an example. Watch. Go with me to Proverbs 6. I think that's pretty practical, personally. Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 6. He's talking about the sluggard, the person that always wants to sleep and they want to be lazy. In verse 6, he says, Go to the ant. Now that's pretty small. O sluggard, observe her ways. Why? And be wise. Doesn't have a chief, an officer, or a ruler. And yet, there's some smarts. Why? Prepares her food in the summer. Doesn't sit back and say, well, I don't have a job. I'll just sit back and pray. God will drop manna from heaven. He could do that if he wanted. You know what the New Testament principle is on that? We just covered this with the men Saturday morning. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Why? It's expected that you do something. expected that you be involved. Then he uses the end, he says, he gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, a rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth. Those are pretty simple guidelines look to the ant. I'll give you a uh, a personal opinion again. There are those who are out of work and diligently trying to find work and they just can't get a job and I, I have more pity on someone like that that's trying to be diligent. But I know of people, in fact, I ran across another one this past week and I know for a fact they are really nothing more than a lazy person. They don't pursue work, They don't go after work. They don't look for jobs. They expect everybody else to provide for them. I have no pity on someone like that at all. They're not planning, they're not working, and they just think God's going to provide for them. God expects you also to plan. He expects you also to work. A couple other things from the book of Proverbs, several other things. Let me give you a quick do not and then a quick do. Some of the things the book of Proverbs say is don't walk with envy, envying others. Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 31, very quickly. Chapter 3, verse 31. Do not envy a man of violence. Do not choose any of his ways. What is that? That's planning. That's decision making. That is making decisions. Don't go down the path in envy because you think their lives are good and everything's going well. You don't want to do that. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, it says in the very next verse. He that is intimate with the upright, who to walk with, who to spend time with. Don't pursue evil, chapter 4, verse 14. Do not enter into the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. That's pretty straightforward and practical, both adults and young people. You spend your time with those who are pursuing evil, where do you think your life is going to go? Well, you say, I thought we are talking about the will of God. Exactly. We are talking about the will of God. In verse 15, he says, avoid it. Don't pass by it. Turn away. That kind of sounds like run away. Yes. You spend your time hanging around and liking with people that have no interest in the things of God, that pursue evil and guess where your life is going? Young person or old, away from the things of God. Let me mention some positive things that Proverbs say. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 10. As you try to plan, as you read the word of God and you're trying to make decisions and you're trying to yield to the spirit of God, this is pretty simple stuff. Watch, chapter 10, verse nine. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. That's pretty straightforward, folks. What is it? You want to know the will of God? Walk with integrity. You don't know how to make a decision right now or in a situation? Examine it. If I go this way, am I going to be able to walk in truth? Am I going to be honest with my own heart, honest with this person? Can, I rely, can they rely on my word when I say I'm going to do something? Am I going to do it? That's walking with integrity. That's walking according to the will of God. That's walking in a way that God would have us to walk. I am to pursue the way of peace in every situation. There's a lot in the book of Proverbs on this. Let me, let's look at two of them. Go to chapter 3. We were just there. It's not that far away. Chapter 3, Verse 17. Her ways are pleasant. Her ways are the paths of peace. Who's the way? What is it talking about? My son walking in the ways of wisdom. Avoiding those who pursue things that are not in line with God. Go to chapter 8. It's another one I got mocked down. Chapter 8, verse 20. I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of of justice. That's one of the things that the Lord condemned the Israelites for. They were not. They were religiously going on in activity. Basically, we were just studying the book of Isaiah with the students in school. And what you find out is they were going, if you will, to temple. They were carrying out sacrifices. They were doing a lot of religious things. However, they were neglecting justice thinking they were honoring God. And God turns around and says, I'm fed up with you. He said, stop it. Get right with me. Were they walking in the will of God? Absolutely not. Why? They didn't provide the practical. God expected them to walk in the paths of justice. So what are we saying? The word of God gives you some instruction. Every decision you come upon, do it with integrity. Every decision that you come upon and you're trying to make as you're seeking God through prayer, as you're looking into the word of God, follow justice, that which is right. Follow things that make for peace. That is God's will. But you know, Pastor Dan, okay, I'm praying about a situation. I'm praying about this. I've gone into the word of God. He still doesn't direct us on what color to paint the house or who to go to and stuff like that. No. Make your plans. Make decisions. And then rest in the Lord. You don't know what will happen. That is the book of James. That's also chapter 2 of Proverbs. Go back there. Chapter 2 of Proverbs. Watch. Well, you know what? Before I even go there, we all know it, right? We've seen it elsewhere. Go to chapter 3 first, since I'm flipping back that way. Chapter 3, isn't that what it says in verses 5 and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. He doesn't say, don't plan. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. He'll make them straight. Okay? How did that start? Chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget your teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days. And it starts again with knowing the word of God, but I'm ultimately still going to depend upon God for things to work out. Go to chapter 2 now. Here's what I wanted you to see, and we'll kind of wrap it up with this. Verse 8. He's talking about wisdom. He's talking about treasuring the Lord's commandments. If you look back to chapter 2, verse 1, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. That's what we want. Watch, verse 5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord. In other words, you'll know what God's word says. You'll know what the will of God is. The Lord will give you wisdom, verse 6. He stores up wisdom for the upright, and then he'd pick it up in verse 8 follow me guarding the paths of justice he preserves the way of his godly ones what does he want you to do he wants us to yield to the spirit of god to walk according to the word of god he wants us to yield to what god would have even when we may hurt the word of god goes this far when you give your word even if it's to your hurt you follow through on it Oftentimes, even our word, if we find out later, oh boy, you know, I gave him a price on that, and I can make twice the amount of money now. Well, too bad. Did you give your word on that? You know, if I now follow through on what I said, I'm going to suffer for that. Well, did you promise? Walk with integrity. He preserves his godly ones. Verse 9. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. That's a path of our feet. For wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Watch the practicality. Verse 11. Discretion will guide you. God will work as you're seeking to follow the paths of justice. As you're seeking to follow the paths of what God's word would say with integrity. What God's word would say with peace. You'll have discretion. It'll guide your heart. Understanding will watch over you because God is in it. Verse 12 to deliver you from the evil way. If it's not the evil way, you'll have some flexibility on what to do. Paul, we find out the Apostle Paul had that same thing in the New Testament. My desire is to come to you if the Lord wills. I still have to depend upon God, but I'm making plans. In another situation, I'm planning to come to Rome. And before I get to Rome, I'm going to stop here. If the Lord allows. He made plans, but he ultimately depended upon God. Verse 13. For those who leave the paths of of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. That was from, was the first word in verse 13. Okay? For the man who speaks perverse things. That's what he'll end up with. He'll get down the paths that don't lead to righteousness, but those will end up delighting in what? Doing evil, whose paths, verse 15, are crooked. And then he gets into very practical situations of even delivering from an adulterous woman. What are you to do? Verse 20, walk in the way of good men. Keep the paths of righteousness. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. Wicked, they'll be cut off. Very practical in the situation. What are we saying? I think Proverbs has another practical guideline for us in the area of practical personal wisdom. What is it? God wants us, we know, to walk according to his will. How do I discover that? He's given us the word of God. Hide it in your heart. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is it like taking a glass of water? Yield to the Spirit of God. He will line you up with the Word of God. Then what? Plan. How do I plan? Seek the advice of others. Look down the path that you're following. Walk with integrity. Walk down a path that is a path of justice, of rightness, of fairness, of mercy of compassion, all of those things have come out, but make plans. And then what? Ultimately depend upon God to sovereignly act in it. He will guide you through the life. It doesn't have to be a decision where I have to know for this moment whether the car should be red or green, whether it should be a Honda or a Toyota, and I didn't mean to pick out anybody's car or offend anybody in any way there. It doesn't matter. Whether you go to this school or that school, and, you know, it, it's, this, it's that practical. Let me end with the situation that I think is very common because it's a college situation. And I will deal with a former graduate from Fellowship Christian Academy. <clears throat> but I was young in the pastorate, and this young person came to me and said, you know, I've been praying about college, Pastor Dan, and I really believe that the Lord would have me to go to this particular college. And it was a college that I knew 99.9% of the pastors of New England were against. But I'll be honest with you, I sat down with that man, young man, I prayed and I said, was looking to see what the person wanted to pursue. I warned them about some of the dangers of the college, but I also mentioned that they did have this that was a benefit to their study looked at the maturity of the individual themselves. And as I prayed with them in the office, I said, I can't tell you one way or the other. You're going to have to make a decision. But what you need to do is pray about it. Make sure you're walking with God. Make sure you've examined the cautions and talked to other people. Long story short, that person went to that college. And be quite frank about it, I was criticized for the advice I gave. That person who graduated from Fellowship Christian Academy today is not only walking with God, but is in the ministry and is a tremendous testimony for God. Now, if I mentioned the name, many of you would know who that is. What am I trying to say? God expects you to plan. God expects you to take wisdom. I can't know every situation for you. You can't know it for everyone else. But we can apply wisdom. He will never lead contrary to the word. He will never lead contrary to where the Holy Spirit is going. And that would line up with the word. And he will listen to you as a child of God when you want to honor him with all that you're going to do. Take advice and make plans and then depend upon him. Let's close in prayer. Father in God, we thank you and praise you that the word of God is a light unto our faith and and our path a light to our path, and we thank you for what it says in Psalm 119:105. 105, and we thank you that we know that you desire to guide us and to direct us in our lives in a way that we will honor you and help us, Father, in very practical ways to make decisions based upon your word as much as you give us, based upon yielding to the Holy Spirit, and also based upon... An education where we get advice from our parents, from our teachers, from others who have had experiences. And Father, as we lean on our own heart and examine it, might we do it with integrity and let us look to you. Let us trust you. And I pray, Father, that you'd have us walk in a life that's pleasing for you. We know that's your desire. And Father, as we make decisions, we know that there will even be decisions that are wrong we thank you as a loving parent and our father you guide us and direct us even through those circumstances and so we trust father and ask that you'd help us to make our plans but to be dependent upon you and as we make our plans to make them in accordance with what you have revealed guide us now we ask this in christ's name amen